0: Okay, y'all can do a little better than that, can't you? Everybody agree with that said? All right, all right. So, let's back up just a little bit. Let's look at a couple things that we we know. First of all, we know that dating is uh, not a very stable, not a very good foundation for marriage, okay? Um, Come on, really, just think about it Like, like this. I mean, how many of you had some of those disasters like this video just a moment ago? You ever had a disaster like that? I mean, that's not really a good foundation. That's so what we talked about. It. If you missed that sermon, go back and you've got to hear that first week because uh, dating is totally out of control in this country. I meant when uh, 12-year-olds, you know, are talking those kinds of terms, they, they are just they are just beginning a cycle that is going to last until they say, I do. And the problem is they're building all this garbage up that then they're going to say, I do, on top of. So dating is not a good foundation. And sex is a horrible foundation. It's a horrible one. I'm going to say a couple things about that a little later. Uh, We're not going to go back to R, uh, rated R, but I am going to say a couple things about that a little later, Uh, that sex is a horrible foundation for a marriage. But you know how many marriages start and are built on that and that alone? A whole lot of them. So what is the foundation? What is the, not just the best foundation, what is the true foundation? What is the foundation that we all need? And it, it is the vow. Not a vow, not, you know, you can make all kinds of vows. You know, you can promise people things, but not a vow, but the vow. And the vow, there's two things about the vow a, uh, right here. The first one is the purposeful, life to, lifelong commitment. Okay, it's purposeful, it is lifelong. It, it's not something you accidentally made. It's not something that, uh, uh, that you, you know, sometimes I worry about people that want to join the church. That's why we really encourage you to come to the growth track first so that you really understand who we are. But I have had people just at the spur of the moment decide I want to join the church. We bring them up front and I start asking them a question and they're deer in the headlights. You know, they haven't any clue what, that, what I'm talking about with those four questions that I ask. But, you know, now they're in the spotlight and all they can do is say, uh-huh, <laughs> and join anyway, right? The purposeful that you know what it means, and a lifelong, lifelong commitment. He said, that's a long time. I, you know, I hope it's a real long time for me, all too, right? I mean, I hope lifelong is a long, long time. Okay, so so when you say that, you say, Pastor, man, that's a, that's a long time. I just don't know if I can commit to something for a long time. That's why you don't need to get married in a hurry. That's why it doesn't need to be built on things like dating, sex, or all some other things we'll talk about this morning. It doesn't need to be built on any of that, but it needs to be built on a decision. That this will be my life partner from this point for the rest of my life. That it, it is a commitment you made, and you, you, you make it purposely. That's the only way you can make a lifelong commitment. You know, I can't commit to any... I, I, you know, it's hard for me to commit to anything more than a month away. You know, I can put it on my calendar, but, you know, man, there's so much going on pastoring a church... Kids, grandkids, all those things. My, you know, who who knows what in the world's going? You know, I put it down. And say yes, I'll commit to you. But you know, something could come up any day. It's hard to make that kind of commitment, isn't it? So it's not a quick, easy thing. It is a purposeful commitment. Marriage and and making this vow—not just getting married, but really making the vow—is something you you've got to spend some time thinking about, and you have to make a decision. And and it's made also it's made uh, before God. The purposeful, lifelong commitment made before God to one person. Before God. See, here, here's, here's another aspect of it. And this, this, this is what makes it the vow. Not just any vow. Not just one of many vows. What makes it the vow is that you understand your standing before God. It's not just your parents and your family and your friends and the groomsmen and the bridesmaids that are witnessing this, but God is listening. He is listening and, and here's the cool thing about it is you know God honors the vows that we make when we make the vow when we say I do God honors that you know whatever law is out there whatever land you live in and whatever the uh, you know the the, uh, the ways are in, in a particular society or culture however it is that people get married when they make that commitment God honors it he, he puts his seal of approval on it he honors that. But but here's something that's even deeper, is that when we do it understanding that God is watching and He is going to honor that, then we are doing it in honor of Him. You See, He honors it when we do it, but when we understand that we're doing it and He's watching, then we're honoring Him in that. And when we honor Him in that, and we make this vow before Him and say, this is the vow I'm making. God, I want you to see me. God, I want you to understand this. I'm making this vow before you. When we do that, then God moves in and starts helping us build a marriage that is strong. You see, you, you might not feel like your marriage is strong, or you might wonder if your marriage will be strong, but when you make the vow, and some of you say, well, it's too late for me, I'm already married. No, it's not too late for you, because this is a daily thing, and we'll talk about that a little later too. So, and you make this decision, God moves in. God starts doing it. Let me show you 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. It says, God will do this. Now, we're talking about something else, okay, here. That's Paul's talking about something else when he gets to this verse. He says, "But God will do this. The what doesn't even matter because here's what I want you to see. For he is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you into partnership with his Son Jesus Christ our Lord. You know how heaven and earth become one in our life when we get in line with what he has decided. And when we choose to put our, line, our life in line with what his, his decisions are and His direction is, then heaven and earth become one, and a powerful thing happens. He invites us into partnership with His Son. And, and when we partner with His Son, you know what we have? We have power. We have the blood of Jesus Christ. We have His strength. We have His understanding. We have His love. The love that, that He loved the church with is the love that I'm supposed to love my wife with. How can I have that because God brings me in partnership with His Son. But the most cool thing about this, it says, for He is faithful to do what He says. He is faithful. Whatever He says He will do, He will do. He is faithful. You know what? I don't know if you can trust your spouse. Those of you who are married, I don't know if you can trust your spouse. Some of you wonder yourself sometimes. I don't know if you can trust your parents to always be there. And I've got a lot of questions about some of your best friends. Some of those people that you call your best friends that you hang out with or you you know the, your, your, your Facebook friends. I, I've got some big questions about some of them. I don't know if you can trust them. But you know what I do know? I know you can trust God. For He is faithful to do exactly what He says He will do. And if He says He will make your marriage strong, if He says that He will bind you together and two will become one. If he says that 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 he will sustain you through everything that comes your way and no and there there's no weapon formed against you and that includes if you become one and you've got a marriage or one day you're going to have a marriage there is no weapon formed against you. And now there's two of you. Well that just makes you guys even stronger. There is no weapon that is formed against you that shall prosper in your marriage. And if he said that guess what? He is faithful. And I don't you know, I've got a lot of things in this world I just don't know about. You know, every once in a while, I agree with Dr. Phil. Well, maybe probably a little bit more than every once in a while. But I agree with Dr. Phil about a whole lot of things. But sometimes I don't agree with Dr. Phil. But you know what? There are times also that I don't always agree with God. I don't understand why He does what He does. But here's the thing I do know, that even when I don't understand Him, even when I don't necessarily agree because it looks like He's going in a direction of God, this doesn't make sense, it doesn't add up. You know what? I know that I can trust Him because even if I don't understand, even if it looks like a wrong decision that He is making, I trust Him that He is faithful to take care of me and do the very best for me and for my family. You can trust God. you know you can trust God? There's nothing else in this world you can trust. You can't even trust this pastor. I'm going to let you down one day. If I hadn't already, I am going to let you down one day. There's going to be a day that you need me and I'm <laughs> going to have the sniffles or something. Or I'm going to be busy. Or I'm going to be, uh, you know, in a few years, that I hope to be at a grandkids ball game, you know, one day or something. And maybe you're trying to get me in. I can't hear my cell phone because of the crowds. And I'm going to let you down. I, maybe I'm going to let you down for 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 reasons that I, that I can't get get beyond. Or maybe sometimes I'm just going to be, get a little bit, you know, my humanity's going to get in the way and I'm going to let you down. I'm going to let you down. There's only one that will not let you down. Don't put your confidence, don't put your trust in anything except for this one thing right here, God will do this for He is faithful to do what He says. He is faithful to do what He says. So what does He say He will do? He says, He says it'll make your marriage strong. He, 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 but we've got to make, we got to make Him the foundation. Okay, so what is the foundation? Dating is not the foundation, sex is not the foundation. Let me tell you a story about Nehemiah. Nehemiah is uh, something, man. I've preached. David is sick of Nehemiah, probably, but she might be over it now. But I mean, she heard me preach Nehemiah so much when I first got in the ministry because you know, when you weren't pastoring, you were a young minister, and you get invited somewhere. You know, you had your, you had your man, your very what you thought was your very best sermon, and you know, and so you would you know, you'd always want to preach it everywhere you went, and your wife had to go with you, and so she would hear the same sermon over and over and over. And you know what? And I've preached it. I've, I've shared some of the stuff here uh, at 2911 since I've been here because there's some really good stuff there. But in Nehemiah, Israel has been destroyed. It's been overrun. The Babylonians have come in. They have leveled the city. They've torn down the, the houses. They've torn down the walls. They've torn down the temple. And and then they've dispersed. They they they've sent all the Israelites out all over the all over the world. They just they just carried them here and carried them there because they didn't want them to stay there because they were afraid that you know, they start having secret meetings. They start raising money, buying weapons from some foreign country, or maybe even hiring another foreign country to come in and and rescue them and give their land back to them. And so they just scattered them everywhere. And Nehemiah was one of those, and he was taken, and he was actually like the king's cupbearer, and he heard about you know he heard about how after all this time. They had tried to start rebuilding Israel, but they had heard about how, after all this time, still Israel had not been rebuilt. And and even though the promise of God was there, even though the help was there, it still hadn't happened. And that's maybe where some of you are with your marriages. You're saying, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a hearing sermons, Pastor. You preach on marriage at least a couple of times a year. You know, and I, I'm I'm sensing some things in my spirit. Some things seem to seem to be working, but. It still looks like it used to look. That's, that's, what, that's what Nehemiah was hearing. The wall was still torn down. The temple was still in disrepair. And he began to weep. And he went into the king and the king said, he said what's up, Nehemiah? And he, and, he said, and he told him and he said, and said, my heart just goes out from my city. Okay, relate that. Okay, we're relating this to our, our marriages. My heart goes out to my marriage because it's not what it should be. It's still it's still broken in so many areas and it's still not fixed And the king says, what do you want me to do And he says, I want you to write me a letter and tell, tell everybody to help me get this thing together. If I need if I need trees you know for wood then write me a letter so I can go to somebody and give them the letter and in your name they'll give me the wood. If I need laborers write me a letter so that I can just go hire laborers and in your name they'll come because they know you'll pay them and so the king did it relate that to your marriage. Say, God, we need some help here. God, write me a letter. He already has. He's, it's already been written. This, the entire Bible has been written for you. And every promise that is to you is also to your marriage, doubly because now it's you and your spouse. And say, God, write me He's written you a letter. What do you need? The letter's already written because he is faithful to do what he said he would do you've got the letter in your hand. You need to just go ahead and step in and do it. So he, he moves back to, to Jerusalem and he starts working on the city and they, they start working and then yeah, a lot of things happen. I, I don't have time. My, my, my mind goes back to all those sermons and I, I want to tell you so many things that happened, but they had opposition. Lots of things were going wrong and, and they just kept fighting. They just kept working. Relate this to your marriage. Sometimes you have opposition. Sometimes things are going wrong. Sometimes things aren't working out as fast as you think they are. What do you do? You keep working. You keep going. You hang in there. You just roll your sleeves up a little bit higher and say, Come on, honey, let's get it done. And so they kept working until finally we get to Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 10. And Judah came, the uh, people in Judah came and said, The strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. When they got back to Jerusalem and they started trying to rebuild the wall because they realized if we're going to be a city again, we got to rebuild the parameters. Come on, parameters. We talk about parameters around here. We've got to rebuild some parameters. Some things have got to be, be rebuilt. So they started rebuilding the wall, but they couldn't rebuild the wall because it kind of looked like this, but in a huge scale. Okay? Because they, they couldn't rebuild the wall because the wall was broken. The stones had been torn apart, and they had been broken in pieces. And so imagine if, if right now some of you are carpenters, some of you have some building. Imagine right now if I said, come up here. i got some 2 4s I want you to come up here and build a wall starting with this foundation. What's the first thing you would do? You'd start with this foundation, but the first thing you would do is you'd start clearing it off, wouldn't you? Because there's some broken stuff. Oh, like the dating. Okay, we've talked about that, right? Dating. Really, how many of you have had a relationship that you would like to have built a marriage on? Or you definitely wouldn't want to. I mean, did you have one of those like in the video a moment ago? I mean, think about it. Really, would you really like to build a relationship on some of the dates that you've had in your past? You know, and, and if you're not careful, here's what's happened. Is that stuff is still in your mind? It's in your head. Maybe even in your heart. It's still in the background, right? there, just sitting right there on the foundation. And you know what? You're never going to have a strong marriage as long as you've got all this kind of junk. I mean, you know, you, you dated all of your wife's best friends. Ooh, you got some stuff you're going to need to deal with right here. you got some broken down. I mean, you got some rubble that's on top of your foundation you need to get rid of because if you don't, she's going to remember it every time. There's, I mean, there's some stuff you've got to deal with because dating is not a good foundation. That's, that's what we talked about a couple weeks. So I won't take a whole long, a lot of time there, but more. Uh, oh, sex. Sex. You know, a lot of people think you can build a relationship, you can build a marriage on sex. You know, but do you know what sex actually does? See, some people think sex brings you closer together, but and I quote Andy Stanley because I want you to know I'm not the first person to say this. Okay, and he wasn't the first either. But sex are, actually hinders intimacy because moral purity is what paves the way for intimacy. Now, if you were going to some of the marriage small groups around here, you would already know this. It would have been said in a different way. Okay, but this is true. You can't do anything you want to, be morally impure, and expect to have intimacy in your marriage. It, intimacy doesn't come from being free to do what you want to. Intimacy comes from purity. Uh, I don't have time to tell you all that, tell you all that and deal with all that mm-hmm. and everything, but so a lot of people think you can build a marriage on sex. You know, we, we used to say... That, you know, back when we were teenagers that I don't know if Dave and I ever said this actually, but other people I've heard say that said, well, you know, if, if, if we just don't have enough money to buy enough groceries or whatever, we'll just live on love. Y'all ever heard anybody say that? Can I tell you something? We, we never really tried it, but I can tell you it didn't work. <laughs> we didn't really try it, but there were times I needed something besides just love. Oh, you got quiet again, y'all. Were, so y'all were not saying, so, yeah, that sounded really fun. All of a sudden, I said, I needed something besides love. See, you, you, you're not still under the assumption that love is enough to get you through. Man, if love was enough to get you through, uh, there would be very few divorces. Because what most people call love won't get you through. Because mo- most people call love is this right here, but love is not passion or infatuation or 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 home, hormones raging out of control. That's not what love is. And if that, was, if that was enough, though, yeah, we would get you through. But there will come a time in your marriage. There will come a time in your marriage, no matter how far down the road it is, there will come a time in your marriage that this will not be enough and that even love will not be enough. And, and if, again, if you've been uh, going to marriage small groups right here, you would have heard this because marriage is not passion. It's not emotion. It's not feeling. Marriage is a choice. I'm, I'm sorry, love is a choice. It's a, it's a choice. You make a choice. Love is a verb. It is what you do. It is not something that overtakes you. It is what you do. You love someone. It's a verb. It's a choice. It's an action. And, so, and, 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 and it's a whole lot more than what we think lo- love is. So you can't really build on just that. Oh, we got another one here. Images. Yeah, we can talk a little bit about porn here, can't we? Because that, that's one of them. You know, if you've been heavily into pornography... This is going to be some rubble in your life that needs to get off your foundation of your marriage. And if you're not married yet, then you need to be dealing with this today. And listen, I mean, whenever I mention counseling, people say, oh, they back up and think, oh, no, you're talking about, you're talking about you know, going to see a psychiatrist or something like that. I'm not crazy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about seeing a Christian counselor. I'm talking about going and talking to your youth pastor or his wife. I'm talking about you know going coming and talking to your pastor, or, or we've got Christian counselors here in the church, or others. That we, you know, and 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 if you've got an issue of pornography in your life, and you may say, well, I hadn't looked in a long time, been two or three weeks now, pastor. What you'd say, you need to deal with this. You got to get this off your foundation because you know what? If you don't, there'll come a day. It may get covered up for a while, but there'll come a day. That it gets uncovered and boom, there it is, and it'll be laid out there for everybody else to see. It'll be just sitting up here, real pretty, won't be hidden anymore, and your spouse will see, and others will see if you don't deal with it and get it off. But that's 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 not the only image, because there's also the image of the fairy tale land. You know fairy tale land, y'all y'all watch fairy tale land. I mean, this is one of them right here. I mean, you know, that it's all about popularity. It's all about how you look, you know. It's all it's all about celebrity, status, and money, and things, and fairy tale, and that's that's the land that a lot of people are living in, and think that they're supposed to build their marriage on. But I don't, you know. And I've heard people. I guess, I guess for now, probably for the past couple of years, the Kardashians have been my poster child uh, family. I guess you could say, uh, you know, for pretty much everything that is wrong with, uh, uh, you know, with this country as far as relationships and marriages go. And I mean, one of those girls, I don't even know which one is the one that had the, what, the, the 60 day marriage or something like that to the NBA star. And, and you know what? They, they still haven't got a divorce yet. They've been trying to for several months. They still haven't got a divorce yet. And, and now even mom and dad there, you know, Bruce Jenner and uh, whatever her name is. I mean, you know, they're now, they're now even getting divorced as well. I mean, you can't build it on this. You can't build it on the images of what, what everybody tells you it's supposed to look like. You know, you've got to get rid of the images of what you believe that the perfect marriage is. Man, last uh, Thursday night, we did, a, we did a small group in Jimmy Evans. Man, he, and he just, it was just so beautiful what he said. He, he's, he talked about how messed up every one of us are. Did you get that? I said how beautiful it was. (laughs) Because that's how we all are. We're all messed up. We all have our images, and those images are going to keep you from building a great marriage. You need to get rid of them. And Here's another stone. Culture. Culture. Uh, Just consider, you know, people want to build their marriages on culture and what culture tells them. That tells them is is best is right is wonderful. You know, here's the problem with culture. It's culture changes, and if you're going to be married for a lifetime, you know somebody that's been married for 50 years. I don't know if we've got anybody here that's been married for 50 years. My mom and dad being second service, they've been married over 50 years. Now, if you've been married over, if you've been married 50 years or longer, let me just, let me just remind you what culture says is. Uh, give me that next. Do you remember this is what has happened in my mom and dad's married lifetime. I mean, they've gone from I Love Lucy, Leave It to Beaver, uh, the Brady Bunch and Cosby show, to married with children, two, uh, two and a half men, to, to modern family. That's what they've gone through. I mean, that's what they've seen. That's what, the, that's what culture says has been important in their marriage. And so if you try to build a marriage today based on this, it's going to be different in five years, months, minutes. I mean, you know, here's the thing, is that culture, you know, their manual of what life is supposed to be like, they edit it every single day. It's never the same. It's edited every day. How do you build a marriage, a lifelong commitment on this? you got to get rid of it. Divorce. One million divorces happen every year in the United States. You know why I heard somebody say last night, I think it ought to be... Uh, Harder for people to get divorced. I think it'll be harder for people to get married. (laughs) the, The divorce side isn't the problem. The problem was that we made the decision without being purposeful about it. We made a vow instead of the vow. And every divorce that you've got in your past, every divorce, listen, we got a lot of divorced people that attend twenty nine eleven. This is not an indictment against you. What this is saying is, if you got a divorce in your past, that's some rubble you need off your foundation before you say I do again. And if you've already said I do again, and it's still there, you need to get rid of it because there are images, there are things, there are memories, there are, there's stuff that is there that is going to mess up. And and Jimmy Evans says this: the number one cause of divorce. Is anybody know? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's not what Jimmy Evans said, though. We actually heard a clip from this this Thursday night. Number one cause of divorce is disappointment. Think about it. No, it can be money, it can be children, it can be decisions, it can be, it can even be sex, but what is it? It's disappointment. In any of those areas. It's not getting out of your spouse what you were expecting to get out of your spouse. And some of that happens because of previous divorces. Because you thought this is going to be different than that one was. You know what I've always found? I've always found that, you know, if you if you take a dog, a dirty dog, dirty old nasty dog, been living in the yard and running through the woods and you know, and 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 you bring him into the house. And you give him the nicest bed in the house. You know, you buy him something brand new. And you spray all the sweet smelling stuff you want to on that bed. You put that dog in that bed. The smell hadn't changed. Everything from there has come in. And everything from your yesterday, everything from is still there. You can't move out of a marriage and move into a great marriage unless you deal with the rubble that is there. And which... That's, it's not just your rubble, but it's your parents' rubble too. If your parents were divorced, you are more likely to give up on a marriage as well. So you know what that means? What that means is you better deal with... If your parents are divorced, you need to deal with that because that's some rubble that's in your life. Yeah, it's not, it's not your fault. I'm not talking about fault up here. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about stuff that enters into our life that gets in our way of building a great marriage. If, if your parents were always, I mean, if they were always at each other's throats, screaming and yelling at each other, you need to deal with that. You need to get rid of that. They've put some rubble into your life, and it's going to keep you from building a strong foundation or building a strong marriage on the right foundation. So you got to get rid of that. What else we got here? Friends. You know, like I said, I'm not sure about some of your friends. You aren't either, are you? Your friends' images, the, the, the ideals that they have, the things that they tell you that are important, and they aren't because they don't line up with God's Word, those, those kinds of friends, they're rubble that's in the way of you building a great marriage. You need to get rid of it. I need to hurry. Oh, and this is a big old crumbled one. Abuse. If you were abused as a, as a child, if you, were, if you were raped as a young lady if you were verbally abused, if you were told you'd never amount to anything, any of those things, it doesn't matter. That's rubble. And it's going it's to creep up. Say, well, it wasn't anything. It was what my dad said about me. It, wasn't, it doesn't matter. It's, it's creeping up. What your dad said about you is stuck in there. And it's going to come up one day when your spouse says something similar to the way your dad used to really get on you, and, and it's going to come up. And if you don't deal with it, if you don't clear it out of the way, you can't get down to the foundation. So what is this foundation? Foundation, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Jesus quotes it in Matthew 19, verse 4 through 6. Haven't you read that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh? Into quotes. That's where he quoted. But now... The Word of Life, the Son of God, elaborates on this promise that God makes, this foundation that is stable, unlike this stuff back here, this foundation that is stable. You know what? He elaborates right here. He says, you've heard this, haven't you? You know this is true, right? This is what God says, but he elaborates. And he says, so they are no longer two but one. Okay, well, well, that's not much of an elaboration, is it? But look what he shows us. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate but the important thing is what God has joined together. You didn't join this thing together. This is a place where heaven and earth become one. It's where you decide, I'm going to do this God's way. I'm going to pray about getting married. I'm going to, I'm going to clean off my foundation. I'm going to get down to the foundation of what God says is important. And here's that. Here's the foundation of what a strong marriage is built on. Is when God says, you do it my way I'll, and, and I'll bless you. I'll get, give you a strong marriage by making you one. That nobody else can pull apart. Only you two can. But don't do that, he says, but but only you two can. He says, I will give you that. That's the foundation that is there. And it's given to every one of us. It's a promise. Genesis chapter two, verse twenty four. When a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and the two become one flesh. That's a promise. It's a foundation. It's it's something you can stand, it's what you can build your marriage. So let's just clean it off really good right here because we're that's, you know, that's what we got to have. we got to get to the foundation. So just before we come to the front, we always like closing the front if you're a first-time attendee. Just before we come to the front, let me tell you some things to do to remove the rubble. Three things to do to remove the rubble. First of all is pray. You need to pray. Because you need... First of all, you need to renounce the rubble. Now, you can't call this repentance, okay? If it's your thing, if you put something there like pornography if, if that's okay you need to renounce that you say well I've, I've told God I, I, I'm sorry for doing it. no 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 you need to say I renounce that in my life I never want pornography again in my life or, or whatever it is my, my, my parents got divorced I renounce that in my life divorce will not pass down from then to me I renounce that in my life and you need to do that with God get in the presence of God and renounce whatever the rubble is that's up here you got bad friends. You got friends that's always led you the wrong way. I renounce everything that they've ever spoken into my head. I renounce. I renounce every movie and, and every ideal that has come from a movie about marriage that is against God's law. I renounce it. I no longer want it in my life. I renounce it. I, I, it's not enough to just clear it up because if you don't, I mean these these rocks are alive. They'll crawl back up on your foundation if you don't renounce them. And you need to pray so you get God's help with it daily. that there's some of these things that they will they will crawl up every you need you need help with this. I mean, you, some of these things are so heavy, it's like, ah, I gotta get this thing off. I can't get it off. Because culture, I mean, yeah, it's just one, ah, it just keeps coming back at you. I mean, every, tomorrow you're gonna have, culture's gonna be there again, right? I mean, unless you're gonna enter a monastery this afternoon, culture's gonna get you tomorrow. It's gonna be there, ah. I need God's help again today because culture's showing up today. Because the third reason you need to pray every day is that you need to constantly protect your foundation. Wait a minute. Let's protect that. Because if you're dating, the person you're dating may want to bring something to your foundation that shouldn't be there. Wait a minute. Now, we've talked about this the last two weeks. You younger ones, you ones are still young enough to date smart enough to have not made a bad decision and quickly made the vow, you say, wait a minute. You want to be with me? You want to be in a relationship with me? This is how it's going to be. And you protect your foundation. And, and oh, you're a, or your spouse, even if you're married, your spouse, may, you know, your spouse maybe, just take this one for example, your spouse may have had some, some really bad things from their parents that because of that, they're bringing into the marriage and as they come into the marriage, they're laying that. You say, "Well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Let's don't lay this into our foundation. You need to be praying. Say, like, God, help me. Help us protect our foundation that you want us to have." And secondly, you need to discuss it. You need to discuss all this stuff. The stuff that's been on your foundation, and you need help keeping it off. You need to discuss it with people that are involved in your life. Now, listen. If you're dating, no discussion. If you're dating, you don't need. You don't need to tell a person you go have a pizza with. That you used to be addicted to pornography. I mean, some of you are, I'm sorry, some of you are that stupid. You've done that kind of a thing. And, you know, then, of course, they run, you know, as fast as they can to get away from you. And then they tell all of your friends, and now everybody knows. And so they wonder every time they see you, you know, on, you know sitting in the corner on your laptop, they kind of wonder, wonder what he's looking at today. That dating is not supposed to be that deep. We're not talking about date, but if you're married or you're engaged, it's time to talk about any of this stuff that's on your foundation. And say, I, I, I just need you to understand. You may say, well, I was raped. I, can't, I, I just can't tell my, my, my fiancé. You, you need to tell him. Because that is something that will always be there. And he'll never know it. He won't understand why the marriage is always rocky and it's never stable. And, and you might need some help. That may be a time that you need to get with a counselor. or or the youth pastor, or, or this pastor, or one of the staff members. You might need some help with that, but you need to discuss those things. And thirdly, come to the front so I can tell you the last one. The last one is to renew the vow daily. If you're married, renew the vow daily. You need to say, I have made this choice to be with my spouse for the rest of my life. You need to say that to yourself daily. Say it so God hears you. I mean, he hears even the thoughts of your heart. So say it. But it's not, it's not God or your spouse that needs to hear it. Now, your spouse may need to hear it sometimes. But it's not your spouse that needs to hear it daily. You need to hear yourself say daily, I am committed to my marriage. You need to, you need to hear yourself say that. You need to remind yourself when culture is trying to get back up on your foundation. When the lies and and the pictures and the images that your parents or your friends have given to you, try to get back into the middle of your, you need to hear yourself say, wait a minute, I am committed to this marriage. I'm only talking to married people, right? Nope. Talking to you that aren't married. let Let me tell you something. You know how if I ask you, tell me what your day was like yesterday? You could you could start telling me things, right? You tell me people you saw, places you went, you tell me things that were said. You could you you hear what somebody said. You you can actually maybe even hear their voice saying it again. You have mental pictures and images of things that happened yesterday, places you went, things that you saw, right? You know yesterday like the back of your hand or whatever. And you know what? If we would ask God, God tell us about tomorrow. You know what God could tell us? He would tell us places you're going to go and what you're going to see and what you're going to do. He would have mental images in his mind of what tomorrow holds for you and the things you're going to see. He would hear voices of everybody that's going to speak to you tomorrow because you know what? God knows tomorrow better than you, you know, yesterday. In the same way we talk about the past, God talks about the future. You have a There are very few of you in this room that aren't married that don't have a marriage in the future. You have a marriage in the future. And every day that you live, until you say, I do, and make the vow, you need to tell yourself, I'm committed to my marriage. I don't have one yet. Yes, you do. You don't see it, but God does. He sees all the beauty that's going to be there. He sees everything good and everything wonderful about it. And today, you're still in charge of keeping the foundation clear to build that great, big, beautiful marriage. So yeah, you do. You've got one, so you need every day. I am committed to my marriage. Prayer team members are standing right here, right in front of me. They're ready to help you pray. I want to ask you to do something. If you want a strong marriage, when we, when we bow in a moment, I want you to hurry down here and let, let one of these prayer team members pray for you. They'll turn around in a minute, and you'll know who they are because they'll be looking your way instead of the other way. And, and, and some, people, some people say, oh, I'm not going to do that. They'll think I've got all this junk in. No, that's not what I asked. I didn't say if you've got junk, you need move. come down here and pray. I said, if you want a strong marriage, then come down here and say, help me pray for my marriage. Because you know what? I don't know tomorrow. Only God does and i want i want to pray about god whatever it is you see that is happening tomorrow in my marriage god i want you to provide right now the strength the wisdom the whatever it is that i need to get through it and for my marriage to be strong i want you to move i want you to come and i want you to let a prayer team member pray with you today or if you're not married yet come come let somebody pray for you and i walk i want you to pray over my marriage i don't know who it's to i don't know when it'll be but pray over my marriage. Come on, let's bow. God, I ask you, Lord, right now. Come on, start moving this way if you want to. Prayer team members, get ready. Jamie, lead us in a final song when you when you're when you're ready, as soon as you can. Don't start singing, until you finish praying. God, I just pray over every marriage standing right here before me. God, those that have already happened.